millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Santa Claus all clear. It's time for Must Have Seen TV, the podcast dedicated to the sitcoms of the 20th century from I Love Lucy. Wow. To news radio. I'm your TV guy, Brett White, and I'm also a senior reporter, producer for Decider.com. And again, I'm just apologizing to all my listeners for not having weekly episodes, but you know what? Uh, 2020 is crazy. <laughs> so, but I'm not going to leave y'all hanging without a Christmas episode this year because we all know that Christmas is my jam. And you can always go back and listen to previous Christmas episodes. We've got That Girl. We've got Mama's Family, Dick Van Dyke Show, Third Rock from the Sun, um, uh, others. So dip back into the archives if you're looking for, for some more merriment. But this week, I am going to be joined by... The host of the podcast Gay Card Revoked and Behind the Curtain, two great podcasts that everyone should check out, Mr. Robert W. Schneider. Hello, Robert. Hello, Brett. I am so <laughs> honored to be here. <laughs> For the Christmas extravaganza. Yes. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Yeah, all the holidays. <laughs> all and the holidays. It's literally everything. And <laughs> just I, uh... cling on to what you love and hold it tight this year. We're almost done. <laughs> Absolutely. The <laughs> fact that we got through this year is yeah. the greatest gift of all. We are Indiana Jones. 2020 is the boulder. Yeah. We are almost yeah. out. But I wanted to talk about Gay Card Revoked because y- the listeners of Must Have Seen TV will be interested in some select episodes of that podcast because you've done an episode on the Golden Girls. We we have. We've done the Golden Girls. We've done Designing Women. Yes. Um, we are. Uh, my co-host, Robbie Rizell and I, we are just like you and all your listeners. We grew up on television. We absorb television. And so we have a lot of television output in our episodes. <laughs> and actually, we're going to drop one soon about I Love Lucy, ironically. Well, what is the... Yeah, let's go on and get into that. What is the gay relationship? What is the gay necessity of I Love Lucy? What a great question. <laughs> um, for for us, we felt that growing up watching Lucy, we were watching a woman who I don't think we were aware of this at, at the young age we were watching. But our feeling is, is, you know, look at Lucille Ball, who consistently on I Love Lucy as Lucy Ricardo was always like, I want to be noticed. Mm-hmm. And Ricky is saying you can't be noticed. <laughs> Right. Yeah. You you can't do it. You don't have a voice. And no matter what, she would go, I think I'm special enough and I'm going to persist. Sometimes it worked. Sometimes it didn't. But I also feel like as a young gay man, Lucy's also kind of talking to you. Yes. Like that's that was our relationship with it, which is she's saying if you're special and unique, it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. You need to be in that spotlight. How many of us when as a young child went up to our parents was like, I'm putting on a show. 
I did that. Yes. <laughs> That's yes. just what we all did. <laughs> You're absolutely right. We just didn't have a Fred and Ethel to help us. No, I definitely but... did not. No, it's my stuffed animals. Love... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this week we're going to be traveling to December 24th, 1956. Uh, Baby Doll rolled the box office. Singing the Blues by Guy Mitchell topped the charts and CBS aired the I Love Lucy episode. I Love Lucy Christmas show. Really clunky title. Really straightforward yeah. title. Uh, Robert, you must have seen I Love Lucy Christmas show before today. <laughs> oh, my God. I remember in 1989. Yes. When it got released. That's that was my first exposure to it. And it was a big family thing. The whole family gathered around the big boxy television set to watch. <sighs> God. The, yeah. To watch uh, the Christmas special. So, yes, I have seen it before today. Yeah, It was the lost episode. That's what people like. It did not yeah. it aired in 1956 because it was a Christmas clip show. It was not entered into syndication. And so it was the lost episode until it re-aired on CBS in 89 and 90 and then disappeared again until 2013. <laughs> and Brett, I don't know if this is accurate, but this is what I heard. I heard that the only way they found it was that it was under Desi Arnaz's bed. Oh, wow. And that when after he passed and they were cleaning like all of his, you know, memorabilia and you know stuff out of the house they were like what is this oh my god and that's how they found the christmas episode it literally was a lost episode <laughs> like yes. it was like literally like you lost your keys or the remote you also lost <laughs> like, the christmas episode uh <laughs> yeah i need to read a lot of lucille ball um like biographies and stuff because <gasps> of her relationship with hayden rourke who doing this yes. tomorrow, and like she's the one that gave hayden rourke his tv break and and then they also in turn helped her get her break by directing dream girl and like which is what really got her noticed as a comedian so can, can i recommend a lucy book that i really love oh yes are we okay great yes um there is a fantastic book that i keep hoping that this author will turn into a player musical at some point but he keeps telling me no and so <laughs> i want people to be persistent about it it's a book called lucy in the afternoon oh and it's a gentleman by the name of jim brochu who was an actor and who spent every single day with Lucille Ball for, in like from 1986 to 1989, two days before she died, oh every God. day at her house playing backgammon. How do you get uh, that invite? <laughs> right. He, how interesting. He wrote a pilot. No, he oh. wrote a play. And uh, he sent it to Catherine Hepburn. And she's like, this isn't right for me. It's right for Lucille Ball. Send it to her. And they were going to take the play and turn it, I think, into a pilot oh my for God. Lucy and Audrey Meadows. Wow. It was called like the Lucky O'Leary's or something. Anyway, Lucy's like, I don't want to go back on TV because she had just finished life with Lucy. <laughs> yeah, that did not and, go as well. Which, which also was my Christmas gift to myself last year because it came out on DVD last year. <laughs> yeah, it's on my Amazon wish list. I'm still <gasps> waiting. <laughs> I need Somebody to get buy that. this for Brett so you <laughs> yeah. can see the genius at his life with Lucy. Um, anyway, that's a fantastic book. It shows a really intimate portrait into her life, which I is life with Lucy. Tuesday mornings with Lucy. Oh my God! I just suggested the time. Lucy in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah. Lucy in the afternoon. Sorry. So when when was your first awareness of Lucy of I Love Lucy as a show? Was it that eighty nine? Was it even before? Do you even remember the first time oh, seeing it? Oh yes, absolutely. Even before that, because I grew up in Los Angeles, and she the t Lucy was on every morning at nine from nine a.m. to ten a.m. And she was also on in the middle of the day as well. They're like from four mm. to five. And then the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, was all Lucy. Wow. Like all Fox television played was I Love Lucy. And so that was it. It was clean. It was wholesome. Yeah, that was my first exposure to her on the yeah, show. I was a um, Nick at Night uh, was mine. And because I remember on Saturday nights mm. is when they would have like 
they would show when they got the rights to do the Lucid as a comedy hour in like the early 90s or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like this huge thing. And it was like every Saturday night, me and my parents would watch. So I think they would play like maybe a Lucy, an I Love Lucy, a Lucy show, and then a Lucy Desi comedy hour. So like they had like a two yes. hour block. Yeah. And so I would watch that. And it was just this omnipresent. That's the thing that I don't. This is where I start getting into like kids these days. Um, so like growing up in the 80s and 90s, there was just this omnipresence of TV history that was yes. like you were inducted into like the world of pop culture just by being alive because you would see references to Vitamina Vegemin and then the candy and then like the freezer. And yeah, and you don't I don't know. I don't know if we have that anymore. <laughs> no, it's well, there's so much content to. Yeah, so much content. It's there's so fractured so and splintered. And it's I'm always like in 30 years, there will be. Uh, you know, middle-aged people being like, did you watch this uh, one specific YouTube prankster? No, of course not, because (laughs) there were a hundred of them. And like, I'm wondering what that, there was something beautiful about having a shared uh, language. But then again, that also that shared language is controlled by, you know, old white men. But, you know, we still found entry points for queerness through Lucille Ball. So like, absolutely. It's, it's, it's a weird little, uh, it's a weird little thing. And I do think, I've done, I think I've done three. This is my third Lucy episode. And every time I watch it, watch one of these now, I'm like, it's still funny. It's still so funny and meticulously so. Because if you watch other 50 sitcoms, they do not. They're hard. (laughs) They're very hard to watch. Father knows best. Oh, boy. (laughs) No, he doesn't, actually. They did not know comedy. That's for sure. And it is so wild to watch an I Love Lucy episode and then watch like a Make Room for Daddy or something. And it's just like, did they not see like, do this? What are you guys doing? I was just going to ask you, are you a Make Room for Daddy fan? I don't think that. No, it's not good, is it? No, it's not. Okay, I just wanted to make sure <laughs> no. because I I did that recently because I was like, I watched so much Lucy. Let me explore some of the other 50 shows that yeah. are out there. Now, I do like the Honeymooners. I yeah. do like the Honeymooners. I like the visceral quality to it. I've watched one episode of Ozzy and Harriet. We did one episode of Ozzy and Harriet oh. on this show, and we did the Tutti Frutti ice cream episode, which is bonkers. Like, watching it, yeah. we were like, oh, this is weird. Like, this is kind of sketch comedy like, and it wasn't teaching us a lesson, which is the main problem mm. I have. With a lot of 50 shows is like, oh, yes, we're trying to teach you something. And I'm like, I don't yeah. need to learn anything. I know everything already. Shut up and make me laugh. Exactly. <laughs> you know, Beaver, it's not right to lie. Yeah. You know, that's like, great. What for is, it's like, what is this? Um, <laughs> I, I've also during quarantine done this thing where with my insane, huge uh, sitcom database, I've been watching episodes that aired 10 years apart. So like an I love Lucy episode in the fifties then 10 years later, a Dick Van Dyke show episode, then 10 years later, an odd couple oh. episode. And so just cause you can, and then 10 years later, a family ties episode. And then like a family matters. You can love really it. see this projection, this, um, the trajectory of sitcoms where like Lucy is where they nailed like the funny, like yeah, the, the set pieces and the physical stuff. And Dick Van Dyke show is where they were like, let's take that and let's add character and like real personalities and real dialogue the 80s is where things go off the rails for me <laughs> 80s yes 80s is like an explosion and splintering because yeah. you have you have like little remnants of those things and the new things are coming in. it's the big bang it's really the big bang of sitcoms it's just like it's a lot it's coming back to like the 50s with like all the lessons but then you have yeah. you still have like cheers and golden girls which are like really like joke and like smartly written Brett, I have to ask, have you ever done an episode on this podcast of on a very special episode of 
dot 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 i mean we've done wait like just of of any show their special episode yeah because you remember in the 80s remember yeah. every sitcom had to have it on a very i've special done the episode. blossom gun episode oh yes <laughs> yes oh that was intense which is like <laughs> so insane blossom's friend brings a gun to school does he die at the end of that yes my god yes <laughs> yeah it's in yeah that was okay, one. So you, yes. <laughs> yeah. But thank God we didn't have those in I Love Lucy. There was never an on a very special Absolutely episode not. of I Love Lucy. <laughs> oh, and what is your history with Christmas since we were talking about a Christmas episode? Oh, my history with Christmas. Um, <laughs> I, I was very lucky. I grew up. My dad uh, is is Jewish. My mom was Catholic. And so we got we got the best of both worlds. Nice. We celebrated Hanukkah and we celebrated Christmas. That's a lot. That's a lot of presents. It was that's a lot of presents. That's a lot of food. That's a lot. of. It was. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember actually one of my favorite Christmases I got as a Christmas gift. The I Love Lucy board game. Wait, how old are you when you get the I Love Lucy board game? Oh, I think I was like seven or eight. So that's like the parents have an inkling. The parents have at this point. You're like asking for the I Love Lucy board game for Christmas. And it's like, Uh, you you should you you should know, folks, by this point, (laughs) like, (laughs) I want the I Love Lucy board game and an autographed photo of Scott Baio. God, when did they release that I Love Lucy Barbie? Was that in the 90s? Yes, yeah, yeah, in the mid nineties, really, I think. God, that's I did really, not have that. Nope. I did not have Lucy Barbie. Didn't have the or the genie Barbie or whatever. No, so if anyone wants to send them to us, you <laughs> yeah. know where we are. <laughs> I have a whole wall that could read. I have a cliff and a norm, so I need a. I need oh, some other ones. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so this week on Must Have Seen TV, we'll be talking about the I Love Lucy episode, I Love Lucy Christmas Show. <laughs> it is the eleventh episode of season six, and was written by Madeline Pugh, Davis, Bob Carroll Jr., and uh, <laughs> Bob Carroll Jr., Bob Schiller, and Bob White. Just a lot of. Bob's, Bob Weisskopf, and directed by James K. Ver- James V. Kern. Jeez. Here's how the DVD describes the episode. <laughs> the Ricardos and Mertzes spend Christmas Eve decorating a tree and remembering moments that led up to the birth of little Ricky. Robert, how accurate is that description? Um, it is accurate. It is accurate. <laughs> that is it. Except, but, but what it's really doing is it's giving us the first clip show. In history. Yeah, that's why I read that there was an IMDb trivia thing. Where like, did you know this is the first ever clip show? And I was like, oh, apparently. <laughs> Which I guess, that's yeah, a- of course it would be. Sitcoms are like eight years old at this point. <laughs> It's a big deal. And I'm like, and they're just like, oh, yeah, by the way, it was the first clip show. I'm like, look at every single show since yeah. that has done clip shows. What, Thank uh, you. Luke. It's yeah, it is. Uh, what I also. So this is the other thing is why. This episode is not lost anymore. We found it under Ricky's Correct. under Desi's uh, bed. Why is it not on VOD or Hulu or CBS All Access? Like, I'm what is keeping it? I. I I don't I really just don't know the answer, but my gut is telling me that there's some sort of package deal that they must have made that somehow this is not included. And if they want it, they have to pay extra. Yeah, I don't know, you know, because it hasn't been in the rotation. I think it's not like a priority. And also the collections of I Love Lucy on streaming services are also spotty. Like you might get 16 episodes of a season, 20 episodes of a season. They are missing a lot. Absolutely. And I, I found out it's because they don't want to pay for the full rights. They want to pay for the full rights of a season. So that's why they Jesus I Christ. thought, well, maybe it's a music oh issue, but yeah. I did my research and it's not. They just don't want to pay. And I also do wonder if part of it is CBS um, since 2013 has made a big deal about airing this episode in color 
Correct. Yeah. Paired with a new colorized episode every Christmas. Yeah. Uh, so they also might kind of want to be like a, well, we don't want to, we want to make, keep this special just to get that sure. ratings or something. Um, so if sure. you want to watch it, you kind of have to buy the DVD set, which my husband did for me a couple Christmas ago. Oh. So I got that now. Um, so when you watch this, did you watch it in color or black and white this time? Uh, I've oh I've seen it in both ways. My preference is black and white. Yeah, so I am also. I remember there was one year because every year I I try and watch as many holiday sitcom episodes as I can, and I was watching the Bewitched one. And if you watch Bewitched seasons one and two anywhere online, they're they're the colorized versions. And then I was like. This is not how it was originally intended. And I spent way too long just trying to figure out how to turn my smart TV to black and white. (laughs) And my husband was just like, what are you doing? I was like, I need to watch it the way it was originally intended. (laughs) I I don't know where the idea of colorizing it came from. I'm so curious when they were like, we're going to we're going to colorize it. I wonder if it's like one of those things of I would say because I could see if they were like, we don't know if we can trust reruns. People might not want to watch this. What if we add color to it? That'll get. But I'm like, I love Lucy invented reruns. People clearly love reruns. So I did watch it in color this time, which is evident by the I took a lot of notes about the color because I liked a lot of the color. (laughs) So I have to ask you when you pictured her apartment in color, when you pictured it, what color did you think the walls were? Definitely not gray. It's very, it's, you know, that's what I don't like about it in color is it's very drab. And you're like, this is a vibrant show. Why yeah, it is, is so drab. Because like their, their apartment is gray and all their furniture is blue. I did say I love their furniture in color. It's just oh, yes. this like nice cobalt blue. It's so yeah. good. Um, but yeah, like I wonder if it's just to make her hair pop, which is this ungodly, uh, inhuman yellow orange. Like it's not. <laughs> Even from I have ne- never seen that color in my life, and I hope to never see it again. <laughs> it's real weird. Um, but so the episode opens up, of course, with the I Love Lucy credits, which is uh, like a reddish pink satin is the, yes. the heart. And then it goes into the the weird like a little wood tree carving, mm-hmm. um, which I think it's like a it's a blue background for that. And then we get into the actual episode proper. Um, and Ricky is hanging stockings. They are trying to get little Ricky off to bed because Santa is coming and the little yes. brat's got to go. <laughs> Yeah. What's his name? Keith Thibodeau? Was yeah, that his Keith name? Thibodeau. He was a go to bed. He was a little uh drum prodigy. He was. Yeah. He was. Do you want to feel old? He just turned 73 last week. Rad. God. <laughs> uh does he have any memories of Lucy? Because I don't think this so. is I, he's so like that was so young. I think if I remember correctly, I watched an interview he gave with like the American, oh, the American television, the museum thing that they, and I think they were like, what's Lucy? And he goes, fine. She was live. She was nice. Very sweet. He doesn't, you know, it's like me asking you, who, who do you remember when you were seven? Yeah. That's the thing is like to him, he's like, I don't, if, if he had gone into acting and like, if he was like a Ron Howard and was like, my life yes. is show business and I'm doing it, he yes. would care. He does not care. Um, he's, he's over it. It's also so weird to me. The 1956, they're, so they're at home. They're decorating. They're putting up the stocking. And Ricky Ricardo is walking around in a full suit. Gorgeous yeah. suit. Love that suit. Uh, in a tie that I realize I own. I have that <gasps> in color. It is a, it's like a, a copper and navy and like gray Ooh. kind of stripe. And I bought that tie. And then watching it, I was like, oh, I have Ricky's tie. as I have your tie, Ricky. <laughs> yeah, as color. But I'm like, uh, Part of me is like, I miss 
It's like, yeah, we're just wearing a suit, hanging out at home. Like, sweatpants did not exist, I guess. No. Like, T-shirts no. did not. Novelty tees did not no, exist. maybe he's wearing, like, loafers instead of lace-ups. Just yeah, it's casual. so nice. But, <laughs> I mean, like, Lucy's rocking the cash. She's got the, yeah. like, um, like slacks on and a, and a plaid shirt. They try to get Ricky, uh, little Ricky, to go to bed by... Ricky tells him a story about, like... How Santa, like the Santa, how Santa operates, <laughs> which is really convoluted. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but bless him. <laughs> no, he says like, well, Santa, like he uh, circles above and then someone signals and little Ricky's like the Sandman. Obviously, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's it. What Desi Arnaz was really doing was telling them how Cuba was going to invade America. That's right, what yeah. he was really doing was giving <laughs> subliminal signals. Yeah, that's why a, we don't see the episode anymore. Well, Eisenhower, yeah, it was Eisenhower mes- bandit. Messages to Fidel Castro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> via Santa Claus is all clear. Hmm. Via um, CBS Viacom. <laughs> <laughs> so then he. Little Ricky like pulls up a chair and he's like, well, I'm going to wait for Santa over here. Um, what is your take on Little Ricky as a character overall? Well, his, his presence and role on the show. On this episode or just in the I guess the just in general because he don't do much in this. <laughs> he doesn't. I mean, I don't really know what Little Ricky adds to the show. No. And I'm so sorry, Keith, because I'm sure you're loving your residuals. But like, I just don't know what he adds. I never found like, they never really integrated him yeah. into the series. He was a prop yep. that was, you know, needed on my on my podcast that I was doing. They were like, where was he like when they go to Hollywood? And we couldn't remember like where they leave their kids. Is he with Mrs. Trumbull like, we, or something? That's what we thought. We were like, oh, it has to be Mrs. Trumbull. And then we're like, Mrs. Trumbull's 107 years old and is convinced like Rudolph Valentino is going to come back any day. But well, we realized yeah. it's with Lucy's mother. Okay. Uh, little Ricky's with Lucy's mother. But no, they never integrated him into the show, I feel. As someone that does not enjoy precocious kids on sitcoms as a rule, sure. I'm glad about that. Like, I like the little Ricky method of they're there when you I, need them. I also felt the same way. I don't know how you feel about family ties when they brought in. Was it Andy? Was that the I last Keaton kid? Yeah, I my biggest fucking pet peeve are all of these family shows that have the 50 year old mother getting pregnant in season five which is literally every single one and i'm like this does not happen with this regularity (laughs) do you remember do you remember when in too close for comfort where nancy Dassault all of a sudden had a kid with Ted Knight and you're like, huh? like that's not how that works. Did they, did she adopt? How did this work? How is this working? It just like, just drives me crazy. Uh, I, th- but- I thought you were going to say what's going to drive you crazy. Is that Andy on family ties? Like season five, he's a baby, and season six, that's he's other, like going off to college. And you're yeah, like, that's like how did this happen? Uh, Fresh Prince did that. Step by Step did that. Oh you yeah, know, you yeah. Got, you got to yeah. age up those kids to where they can get funny. They didn't do that with Little Ricky. I mean, I guess they no. kind of. I mean, this is season six. He was born in season two, so four years later, he's about four or five. Like he's not a yeah walking talking. And I think- I think this is correct. It would be the first TV show where you're watching a child get introduced from conception all the way forward. So they really can't. Oh, yeah. They They didn't want to blow people's minds. Um, So so little Ricky is like, well, I'm going to sit at this chimney and wait for him to come down. But how does he get down up there? There are no steps. And then uh, Lucy says, well, he brings the North Pole with him and then slides down it, which 
they don't comment on that she's flipping the definitions of pull right there. <laughs> she's <laughs> she's she's hinting to Desi what she wants later that evening. Yeah, she wants his I, North Pole. <laughs> I can, I read between the lines. Well, I just watched the Christmas episode of Everybody Loves Raymond. That was that plot of them trying to have sex at Christmas. Oh yeah, yeah. something you won't see on Lucy. Something that Definitely Bob not. and Madeline did not write <laughs> for them. So then they finally get him to bed, and then we get this business, which is a wild Christmas sitcom episode trope that persisted well into the 80s of decorating a tree on christmas eve <laughs> fred and ethel show up after ricky goes to bed they bring in this nice gorgeous real tree and they're like we're gonna decorate this tonight and i this is the thing like i want i need like a sociologist or someone to investigate was this a real thing did people put up their tree and do all that work to enjoy it for two days it- <laughs> now I will say, no in my bizarre family they did do that it was the night before christmas because who knows why but then the freaking tree would stay up through march like you'd walk in and you'd be like is anyone going to take the tree down and they're like we'll get to it we'll get to it I'm like it's april god it's april. no can we take the tree down we put it up and we're like friday after thanksgiving like black friday we put it up that's when most people yeah. do it and then we but take my- it then we go until like early january but my family and, and the Mertzes are. <laughs> but this is a thing that happens in like so many sitcoms is like the Christmas Eve is when they decorate. And I'm like, that just like um, the Garfield holiday special. <laughs> they they, they oh, trim yes. the tree on uh, Christmas Eve. And I'm like, that's just a you want to get I, into the season. You need to be with the tree all December. I like the tree up. But what I will do is the <laughs> night before Christmas is that's when I'll wrap all the gifts and I'll put them under the tree. Oh, okay. But so the tree is there. Yeah. Kind of have the tree there. Jeez. You have to have the tree um, there. So this is where I noted that in color, I love I love what Fred Mertz wears. And <laughs> this is where if you're deep in like a traditional menswear rabbit hole that I am on Instagram, <laughs> Fred Mertz would be an Instagram influencer amongst all of these Ivy trad uh, people. Fred Mertz, if William Frawley in that outfit walked around Williamsburg, yeah, he would be Instagram like nobody's business. It's like a really, like really nice, like gray slacks, a tan tweed coat, pocket square, like a blue button down shirt. I'm like, looks real I, good. I also want to applaud Bill Frawley if I can, because I think he is the first person in fashion to wear a nipple belt. Oh, and that's a that's... belt that goes right to your nipples. <laughs> yes. Do you remember that Nick at Night commercial of the pants that ate Fred Mertz? Yes. Where oh, they, my God. Yeah. Where they took like yes. old I Love Lucy clips and re-edited them like a 1950s B movie. Oh, I forgot about <laughs> yeah. that. Yes. Oh, the my God. Hysterical. Yeah. And then uh, Ethel is wearing this gorgeous like shirt dress uh, and it is purple in color, which is like mm-hmm. really pops against that gray background. So maybe the color is I do wonder what it do. We mm. know what the actual color of those walls were. Was it colored to match reality? I, I if, I remember, if I remember correctly, I think it was a gray. Mm. I think it was actually gray on set. <laughs> I think I've seen a color photograph from the from the set, and I remember it being gray. Yeah, the kitchen was blue. The ooh. kitchen I remember was like like a, like a blue, but the the living room was gray. Yeah, they they just wanted these colors to pop. I think that's what it was. <laughs> they did, they did, and I have to say, I will be honest. If I'm looking at Ethel and Lucy on screen in the colorized version, my eye goes to Ethel. Oh yeah, 
it's re- it's a really good uh, purple good. dress. Yeah, it's really good. Um, then they're all, of course, arguing over who pays for what because Fred is being a Scrooge because that's his character game. Uh, <laughs> then they literally start trimming the tree. And this is like with like Fred gets out of hand songs. He's like, I've been decorating trees with this girl for 15 years, this kid. And he kind of delivers that line to the camera. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like, like he's telling the audience like hey <laughs> did you notice that william frawley is kind of impish and like a little scamp in this episode kind of i i will say i really like this episode because there's such a looseness to yeah. it that i mean and they i mean they, they're all brilliant the four of them i think are the be- the most brilliant ensemble in television mm-hmm. i re- i really that's my opinion i'll die on that hill yeah. Um, but what's nice is you just see, maybe it's because they had less material to learn for the week. Yeah. It's just loose and it's casual. And you're right. He's got this energy to him that I don't think you see in other episodes. You never, you never like there's the moment. So like when they, when they fuck up the first tree and they tell him to go get a second tree, he like kind of, he like kids about like, well, you're not going to tell Santa on me because I'm Santa's helper. And then he like kind of just like scampers out like to go. Yes. And it's like, oh, this is a, and then like all the stuff with him, with Fred and Ethel, like they are so perky and flirty but then also like knowing the tea behind them is also like you can also see like is this them uh really just laying it on thick <laughs> i do you know okay i i hate that if if you've heard the story you can you can please cut it have you heard the story about like the fact that the lucy here's lucy and my three sons were done on the same set together. Do you know this story? No, wait, like then, the same set? Sorry, I apologize. The same studio. They were oh, in the okay. same okay. Sound, group of sound stages. Anyway, um, Bill Frawley, when he was doing My Three Sons on a break, would look at the three kids and be like, you want to have some fun? And like, okay, he would go over to where they were shooting the Lucy show and he would get himself and the three kids into the catwalk. And he goes, okay, kids, here's a penny. And he would give them each a penny. And anytime Vivian Vance started to speak a line, they would throw the penny against a pipe. So it would go ping and then cut, 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 cut. Sorry, there was a sound. We have to go back. Viv, do it again. She would do her second line and go, okay, now you throw it, kid. And another kid would throw up. And like, cut, cut. We're getting a sound from somewhere. So he used to take the kids to torture oh them in advance. What is their deal? That has been confirmed, by the way, by one of the three sons. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, so, wait, so, like, why did they, what was the, I mean, there is the age difference. So I didn't know, like, you know, there's that story about That's... Golden Girls, how B. Arthur was like, can you guys actually pair me with a attractive man and they gave her dick van dyke and she was like oh yes you know like like can y'all please stop making me feel ugly (laughs) i I feel so bad for her on that show because every joke is is like rose is stupid but anyway's not stupid yes you know and then you're like dorothy's ugly and she goes like you can't really escape that it's like i am i I am tall i am six feet something (laughs) did you hear this story what's the episode where john fiedler came on um Oh, and he God. plays that he like, plays like he's like the best lover she's ever had or whatever. <laughs> yes. That apparently I maybe you've heard this story that at the table read, they everyone came in and she sat down and she goes, who's, who's he playing? And they're like, oh, that's your love interest. And she burst into tears <laughs> and didn't come back to the set for two hours. Oh, my God. Also, John Fiedler's like the seemed like the sweetest man. <laughs> But like she you did. understand, you understand what she gets that script. She's like, oh, finally, I'm going to get to be with some stallion. Yes. <laughs> you know, so she thinks like George Hamilton's going to be there. Or and then it's Lyle literally Wagner. Piglet. Then it's Piglet is there. 
like it's not a stallion it's a piglet, it's, it's uh, a piglet. <laughs> but like speaking to that really casual atmosphere of this episode yeah. so like when they're like leading into the the first clip so like fred starts sawing off the tree and it's focused on lucy and ricky and i love that as lucy is setting up what the first clip is going to be she's offhandedly throwing away these lines of like oh no can you just get a little more on the right blah 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 blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. a little bit more off the top blah, blah. and it's yep. so Funny, she's doing it so well. As a viewer, you know exactly what is going on, yep. but it is so cool that she's playing it as if, like, of course the character doesn't see it. Like, it's so it's so subtle and cool, and I love that. She's a brilliant actress. A brilliant she, actress. And then we get the first clip, which is from the episode Lucy is Inciente, season two, episode 10, from December 8th, 1952, which is the she's having my baby, my baby and me clip. Um, in general, I think this might be the best clip show episode of all time. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, unless you're counting like the Golden Girls ones where all the clips were original, <laughs> were original yeah. content. Uh, even, even still. Even what still. I love about this is the thing I hate about a lot of clip shows is you get a cold open, couple jokes up top, and then mm. it is 18 solid minutes of just clips and maybe yeah. you'll duck back in but it is non-stop and this you actually feel like you are watching a an episode with substance that is dipping into a greatest hits absolutely absolutely so it is a best of both worlds yeah and the substance is there it's it's celebrating christmas it's uh you know the the neighbors bonding it's the excitement about what the kids are gonna with a uh, little ricky's gonna get for christmas yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of st- a foundation there as opposed to and i love the golden girls more than life itself but like you know oh remember the time ma when you s- fade out fade out fade yeah, out and that's yeah. all it is and you're like what's anything okay great cool and sometimes those are two-parters like the the one like season finale where they almost moved or something and then it's just like two episodes of like god guys come on yes that was one and i remember when george bush is going to come to visit and and the guy has to do the the background check on all the ladies that's a two-parter my god it's such a waste too much too much but i also so like also in in writing my um the 12 greatest christmas movies of all time post for work which they assigned to me as like a throwaway piece not understanding that you give me a best of all time list i'm you, gonna go crazy <laughs> i'm gonna yeah. go over so i was rewatching every christmas movie ever and um but like that what this structure reminds me of is very holiday in very white christmas mm-hmm. yeah. it, which are a christmas like white christmas is undoubtedly a christmas movie but they have like the choreography number or like the mm-hmm. minstrel number like they have these things that aren't christmas but it's kind of like the fact that that we are putting on a show is in itself christmas yeah 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 and so and the the clips that they go to so like this first clip is a song the second clip is a song so like is that um what is your favorite part of the first uh the first clip the uh having my baby my baby and me part the that classic scene oh the nod the (laughs) nod when she when she when he's going around who is it who is and he also plays that pretty brilliantly yeah desi um you know who's who, who who's 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 uh, the pregnant lady here and when she gives him that look and then he realizes it is so warm and it is so it feels real yeah. it feels so real and you compare that to the other acting styles of those 50s television shows which we were talking about yeah, well, which all god bless them all feel very it's rehearsed it's very <laughs> angular it's very we do this we do this we do this it is such a warm moment between the two of them 
And also, so like the way that that clip ends, like when he ends the song and he like kisses her on the forehead, the look on Lucille Ball's face, and it isn't Lucy's, it is like Lucille Ball's face. It is this mix. It is like this painful joy. It's this really complex, like there you're seeing the two people, the husband yeah. and wife in 1952 having a moment that was captured and broadcast and it is so real and there's no dialogue it's just he kisses her forehead and she looks like you know it looks like there's like this weight has been lifted off her shoulders and she can just like like relax and it's so it really gets me it's so good it's a beautifully played scene and you know one of the uh was i can't remember what episode it is exactly i think it's where she does romeo and juliet but orson wells is the guest star and when they were doing rehearsal on i love lucy um somebody she was in a scene he was and he was watching her and somebody came to get home and goes no 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 he's like don't take me away i'm watching the greatest american actor work Meaning, meaning her he said he said she is the she listens and acts like every time is the first time he goes nobody does it like her and it's true it's true it is so i always it is so remarkable and it is a shame that she had three sitcoms that all ran for basically the same amount of time that were all kind of the same level of successful because life with or uh here's lucy and the lucy show people didn't buy them in syndication as much because it's like well we can't we're only going to get one lucy it's going to be all of lucy and then there's these other two shows and i feel like in a way her legend is already firmly cemented, but if yeah. all three of those shows were as known and as part of the lexicon, she, like they deserve to be. Because watching the Lucy show, which again is like not as good as I Love Lucy, but it's like crazy seeing her ten years older still doing the same ridiculous amount of stuff, committing oh, yeah. as hard. <laughs> and yeah. Gail Gordon is a icon of icons. I oh, love, I love I him. love him so much. But it, she is really absolutely phenomenal and anytime a misogynist is like women aren't funny it's like the thing that we know as television comedy was single-handedly constructed by lucille ball absolutely i oh boy it drives me crazy when i hear that (laughs) when i hear a guy go oh yeah women aren't funny i'm like excuse me excuse who the i won't i I'm going to say, you know what I'm going to say? And I hope it doesn't offend anybody. I'm so sorry. When Jerry Lewis was like, women aren't funny. I was like, you, (laughs) you have room to talk here. You have room to talk. (laughs) You literally act like a three year old. Oh my God. Oh, never mind. Sorry. Lucy is the, she's just, I mean, like she, Amy Poehler and Will Ferrell, like you can trace all of these, everything we love. I it's it's she's just she's just fantastic and is a great actress just all around. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think she really was a great foundation for like there is truth in comedy. Yeah. You know, she was playing everything totally like 100 percent, totally like sincere feeling every moment. Nothing was mugging. And then no. I also just love how much she supported uh, the women that were coming up after her. Yes. Um, yes. The way that she supported Carol Burnett. Yeah. Yeah, it was Carol Burnett, uh, Barbara Eden, and Mary Tyler Moore is just like, 
the, the stuff that she did for them was Ab- so cool. Absolutely. And I think Love Betty her. White, too. I yeah. think she uh, Betty White was on that list. She was what I really guess. You're right. As she got older and the audiences started turning away from her just because times were changing. She she never once got jealous. She was always boost. One of my favorite actually a clip show, if I can really quickly, that I like is the Three's Company one where hmm. she hosts it. Do you remember that one? Where no. She, Oh, they do a three. It's a three's company episode that's celebrating three's company and it's hosted by Lucille Ball. Oh, wow. That's so cool. Yeah. And and, but the idea of I'm going to keep supporting comedians in the future of TV comedy. That's a a legacy right there. Y'all is hard to find, but go on Prime Video and find the Lucy show episode where Carol Burnett comes on to be her roommate for an episode. And me and my husband were just watching. We didn't know we were getting into. And then we just watch that episode and we're like oh carol burnett's in this and then you're just watching and it is just lucille ball stepping to the side to let carol burnett like absolutely crush on lucy's own show and it's it's just it's just crazy it's amazing and she and she does it on a couple of here's lucy's as well because there's an episode with joan rivers she steps aside there's a toady fields episode she steps aside What a what a legend. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, but then we get back to the main the main storyline. We're back in uh, the present day uh, of 1956. And Fred has <laughs> butchered that tree. It is it is all fucked up. Um, and then he's like, oh, go get another tree. That's when he runs out like a scamp. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky picks up those big ass lights. And I love me some big ass Christmas lights. That's actually what I have hung on my wall over there. They look gorgeous, folks. If you love can't those, see them, they look gorgeous. Big ass Christmas lights. Love them. Um, and then... Fred, like, Ricky starts singing Jingle Bells in Spanish, and uh, uh, Ethel sings, in, and then they start singing together, and then Lucy joins in. I love the shock on their face when she, and I love her bad singing, because it is so bad. <laughs> and, and God, I think she was able to sing at one point in her life, but, you know, as she got older, that sort well, of... Well, Lucille Ball said, like, Lucy, Lucy Ricardo says, yeah. I can't sing well anymore. Lately, I can't sing it anymore, but then I love Ethel over here like, anymore, lately. Yeah. <laughs> um, good spirit, Lucy. Good, good, good spirit. And then they go into the next clip, which is from Lucy's uh, Showbiz Swan Song Season 2, Episode 12, from December 22nd, 1952. And it is the Barbershop Quartet. Uh, yes. Which is, God, it's just one of my, it's one of my favorite comedy bits. And it's also one of my favorite sitcom tropes of a character that's in show business just inexplicably has best friends who are, Hey, also great singers and dancers. Yeah. <laughs> it happens on, it happens on Dick Van Dyke all the time where they're like, Hey, head writer's wife. Like, wait, why don't you come on and be on the yeah. show? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's, but it's like Laura Petrie didn't have that, uh, Broadway pedigree that Maritana no. Moore does, but whatever. That's uh, now. <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, they're all doing the barbershop quartet. They think someone else is in the chair and it's actually Lucy. And I don't know. What's your favorite moment of this, of this, uh, bit? Oh my God. The ending. Cause you yeah. don't, you really don't see it coming is when she, she flaps her arms and the shaving cream goes in the rest of their mouths and she gets to hold the last note. Yeah. Cause I remember watching it for the first time and I was like, how is this going to pay off? Yeah. What's the payoff? And then you see, and you go, okay, that's it. Genius. Great. Thank you. Yeah. Cause as she's singing like they're one by one shoving the shaving cream into her yeah. mouth. And it also, this just on a whole, I think it was while I was watching this, I realized when people say good, clean comedy, this is what they mean. But yeah, this is not as lame as what the phrase good, clean comedy connotates. <laughs> like, exactly. what I love about all of these bits, these like old school vaudeville bits is like you're just seeing 
well-trained adults do perfectly timed comedy to the best of their ability, which is like the best of humanity. <laughs> yes, and exactly. And I think what it makes this show even more special, and I think people forget it, is there was no template for them. No. Every sitcom that followed is like, oh, it's like Lucy. We have Lucy as a template. They were making this template up as they were going along. And having these performers who were all such triple threats and could do so much. And I think it's also the same, like the Dick Van Dyke show's Lee Quartet is also just perfect yeah. for that read like the alan brady show presents christmas episode of dick van dyke show is just like my favorite of all time my second favorite of all time uh i did a list <laughs> Go guys. and um and it's just because they can all sing and dance yeah. and are funny and it's just like i miss i miss that like <laughs> you know they're like you said they're trained they had years and years and years of experience doing this and now we don't really have that it's like you go to college and then you get on a sitcom yeah and you don't really have that you know being in front of an audience and cutting your teeth and figuring out what works and what doesn't and i think i talk about this a lot of like you know i did so much time at the ucb and like you have all these people who are trained improvisers who are like so killer at it but then they go to hollywood and they work on single cam shows yeah. Or they go on multicam shows that don't let them fully like just cut loose. And I'm like, yeah, those are the people who are like that quick think on your feet. Natural reactions can like play to an audience and like get that energy. Like that's the kind of energy we need on multicam shows now. Yeah. And unfortunately, we have the very TGIF like setup punchline punchline yeah. lesson. And it's very like, yeah, come on. Like this is this is shot in front of an audience and it you can feel that energy and it's so good. It's it's really marvelous. So good for them. Good yeah. for them. Good for them. I'm so glad they did well and changed all of pop culture. TV. <laughs> yes. So then we come back to the to the modern times of 1956, and we're on tree number two. Um, Fred also got some mistletoe with his like 50 cent tree purchase. Yeah. Lucy, uh, she almost tries to be like, "Can you just trim a little bit?" They're like, "No, stop that. We're not doing that anymore." Uh, this is when Lucy wants a hint about her Christmas gift. Um, do you relate to that? How like how much do you like surprises at the holidays? <gasps> I uh, receiving or giving? Receiving, yeah, because Lucy wants to know what she's getting. Uh, no, I, 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 I don't do get well with surprises. <laughs> I like to be told you're getting a jacket. <laughs> Just so you're aware, you're getting a check. However, on the flip side, I love surprising people. Oh, so it's, yeah, hypocrite. <laughs> yeah, I'm a hypocrite. Yes. <laughs> I am a hypocrite. I'm a holiday hypocrite. Yes. Like, yeah, I think my husband is like, my husband doesn't really like surprises, but I like surprising him. So. You, okay. What about you? Do you like surprises? Uh, yeah. It's okay. like, I like, I give lists. So yeah. it's just like. If you don't know me that well, stick to the list. But like my exactly. husband, I'm like, hey, you can go. You're going to go off list and do good. So like this will be fine. Um, but I, 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 I remember when I was in high school, I had two, uh, two of my best friends. They had birthdays like right next to each other. So they always have joint birthday parties. And so we would all come over. We would give them all their gifts. And they would always say like, thank you. And they take them to the back bedroom. And then we would just party all night. And they're like, oh, no, we open those together after everyone leaves. And I was like, that's genius. <laughs> that's smart. That's how you do it. Because there that's... is nothing more awkward than having to open up just a big pile of presents in front of people. No, I, oh, no, no, no. I love performing, but not like that. 
No, no. Oh my god, the <laughs> pressure. Like I'm, I'm no. already perspiring thinking yeah, about god. it. I'm just like, because if I really like something, it's like I need to really like let you know I really like this, and I'm not just lying like I was before when I said I like that other thing. <laughs> it's, I, uh-huh. it's just too mm-hmm. much, too many layers going on. Um, Understandable. It's so then there is a mistletoe moment with between Lucy and Ricky. Lucy uh, doesn't get it out of him, doesn't get the present out of him. Um, Ethel tries it, and she says like. <laughs> I like uh, what Fred's, Fred's response is like, you're an incurable optimist. <laughs> but then he kisses her. He does kiss her. It's On Christmas. The cheek. Yeah. And it's really perky. Like, it's almost like they're like, you know what? We just have to bang off these couple pages of script and then we're fine. <laughs> I get the feeling. I'm going to say it. I know they didn't like each other in real life, but I think the characters of Fred and Ethel for all their bluster. I think they had a very healthy sex life. Yeah, I could see that. I, I think they did. That's all I'm going to say. I also, I love them. I I uh, automatically love any middle-aged couple that doesn't have children. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> because it is representation for my gay-ass lifestyle Absolutely. that we don't have, which is why I love the Bob Newhart show so much. Um, oh, yeah. Bob and Emily, no time for kids. <laughs> yes. And it's so, and then Bob Newhart specifically did not want kids and almost quit the show when they tried Good. to give them children. And I love that Good. about him. Um so like, I love that the, like they did that. He didn't have them on Newhart, right? He no. had no kids on Newhart. He yeah, didn't okay. have a kid until uh, Bob, his third sitcom, and that was the uh, Cynthia Stevenson. She was an adult. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. Like, do, like, do you re- and then after that, do you remember George and Leo? I love George and Leo. It's. Uh, I feel like it's on YouTube. Somebody's posted the episodes on YouTube, and it's. I oh, posted great. too. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> because Brad. I found a for your consideration VHS tape on eBay and I was like, because it's nowhere to be found. It, you cannot find it. And I no. found that and I bought it and then I digitized it immediately and put two episodes on YouTube. Bless and then you. that VHS tape got caught in my VCR and uh was ruined. So but at least I preserved it. At least you preserved yeah. it. And Jason Bateman's in it too. It's a yeah, it's a good the two episodes, I was like, this is a good show. I, D- directed by James Burroughs, I think? I think so, yeah. The pilot? Yeah, okay. It's really good. Um, and then, so then we're getting the um, the lights go out. They're starting to do that testing the bulbs thing, which, like, thank God science has figured out that problem. We don't have that anymore. Oh, boy. Oh, that was always I a I remember nightmare. that. Oh, oh boy. Um, that was a problem for, like, 60 years. Because <laughs> this is 56, and that was a problem up until, like, the 90s. I think by the decade's end, they had found a vaccine for polio, but they had not been able to figure out how the Christmas <laughs> lights work. Christmas lights, so, God. What a time. <clears throat> so then we go to Lucy Goes to the Hospital, which I think is uh, it's from season two, episode 16, January 1953. This is my favorite clip of the episode. And this one shows how the other three are funny because Lucy is not in this clip mostly. Mm. This uh, uh, this is the perfect definition of you. Want, if, if somebody was like, what is the funniest thing ever on television? I would be like, it's that. It's so always be that right there. It makes me cackle every year because it's like they're all like Lucy's like about to pop. They're like they're all on edge. And Ricky's like, OK, you just go go lay down. We're going to rehearse. We're going to like plan out like so when she's going to come out like Fred, you should get the suitcase. Ethel, you call the cab. I'll like get her together. We'll go. Um and then they start rehearsing, and then Lucy co- or Ricky comes out, and his his impression of what it's going to be like is just so funny. And this is where Desi Arnaz is underappreciated. Yes, so underappreciated. The time has come. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. And then I love that 
So they do this. So gentle <laughs> listeners, if you haven't seen this clip before, they do the routine twice. Like they patiently walk. They get the suitcase. Mm-hmm. They call. The, Hello, doctor. We're yes. on the way. Calling the cat. And they do it twice. And it's like. This is such a pre, um, I don't know, like social media, short attention span culture, because they don't put any jokes in those two run throughs. Like the time has come is kind of a joke, but like they let it like they trust. What's coming is going to be hilarious. (laughs) It's it's worth the setup, folks. It's worth the setup. And it's a long setup. And even Fred even has. No, we have to really remain calm. Like they really are like (laughs) underlining it. And then. When Lucy comes out and she just goes, oh, actually, she isn't this because this line is that line delivery of mm. Ricky, this is it. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's so good. And then just hell breaks loose. Hysterical pandemonium. The phone's going in the suitcase that Fred. It's, it's, yeah. The first thing that happens is like Ricky and Fred both jump off of the chair on the couch and Fred like kind of like accidentally chest bumps Ricky yes. back into the couch and the couch almost tips over. Like yeah. it's like hard and they do it again. And then like Ricky just keeps following the other person around to like what they're doing. And is like trying to help them. And all three of them are like doing the seat, the, the suitcase and Ethel's like someone call a cab. And then Ricky and Fred stand <laughs> yeah. up and say, call a cab. And then yeah. they go, it's great. It's it's. And the capper is her last line. Lucy's last line. Hey, wait for me. <laughs> the all red. What I hate is that this, the clip in this cuts it off for, I think, one of the funniest moments is like, so like they grab the suitcase with the f- the phone and then like pulls it back and yep. they go. Um, and then Rick, Lucy's like, hey, wait for me. And she starts waddling towards the door. And then the door opens and it opens on her and pushes her against the wall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I think is a great, but this, in this, they, they you can see them fading to, uh, back into the reality as the door is opening. And I guess they didn't have that five seconds. <laughs> oh, come on, people. We would have sprung for those five seconds. God, and it's so good. Um, so then we're back and the tree is decorated in color. It is gorgeous. All those presents. Ricky has a real big Christmas coming. Got a train set, got a bicycle, got drum set. It's a lot going on. There are four Santas. No waiting. It's a big deal. <laughs> There's... <laughs> but then they all like when so this is what I did like when little Ricky's like coming out they all run into the kitchen and then little Ricky sees all the presents alone which my mom would not stand for that no it was always no. a big like you wait at the top of the stairs we are getting the video camera yes on the tripod <laughs> you stay <laughs> like yes <laughs> don't so come till we yell action yeah yeah it's so weird that like they did not uh want to see little ricky's reaction which i guess i understand because of like the structure of how the episode has they wanted it to end so but it's still it's uh i noticed that's Shoot. funny Shoot. Uh, <laughs> so they're all in the uh kitchen mm-hmm. and there's like oh it's four four santas obviously all four of them are our main four cast but then fred walks in and then they really I would say they should have given us the end of the pregnancy hospital rush sketch and maybe tightened this up a little bit. Yes, it's a little <laughs> odd. Yeah, because it's just like we know. Yeah, one of them is really Santa. There's five of them. Obviously, one of them. And then they do the pulling the beard. beard Look, pull. it's so slow. And then they finally get to the Santa and they tug his beard. He says, ouch, in a really yeah. weird voice. It's an odd voice for <laughs> Sam. really weird. And then he disappears. And now, another one of my favorite Christmas uh, sitcom episode tropes. Santa Claus exists in the reality of I Love Lucy. 
What could be better than that? Yeah. Uh, Santa Claus exists in the realities of uh, home improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, God. I have a whole list of these somewhere. Oh, uh, Bewitched, obviously. Sabrina, yes. obviously. Um, what other episodes establish that Santa Claus is real? Oh, Family Matters does. Um, oh. Full House does as well. The TGIF lineup. Was yeah, like, no, they we'll were just... like, Santa Claus is just fucking real, man. I love that. <laughs> I mean, it's just so, it is such a baddie thing of like this one episode a year. We are allowed to just yes. go bonkers. Rules go out the window. <laughs> and, and at the end, don't they all look at the camera? They all look at the and camera go, and say, Merry Christmas. <laughs> so not only is the Santa exists, but there's also a three camera setup in the Ricardo living room. Yeah, they just like really just like panned out and shown like the set yeah. and like the audience, if there was an audience there for that. And it's nuts. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, the, the Santa Claus actor was a guy named um, A. Cameron Grant, who was... 55 in this episode he's he was 55 yeah he was born in 1901 oh my my god he looks 112 Uh, yeah and i'm looking i was like oh is that beard real or fake i couldn't i mean like it looked real or it looked realer than their beards obviously but did he do anything in his career after oh he was his imdb he died in 70 i think but his imdb is stacked but it is all uncredited like he has oh about like 20 to 30 credits dating back and it's all like uncredited 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 but like oh he was he was working maybe he was a friend of theirs or just i did look to see if he played santa and other things because he was a pretty good good yeah. santa he made sense of santa but uh no this was i as think his... santa doesn't have to talk yeah Ooch. Oops. Ooch. Ooch. weird like, what is that what is that it's like a ghost or something um all we needed was like a little simple giggle like it makes yeah. Santa feel like a little warmer and affectionate. This was like, oh, I'm in pain. <laughs> so are you ready for some must-have facts about this episode? Yes, I am. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Um, so... About so I don't know how many people watched this specific episode of television because the newspapers from that time were not helpful. But on average, about forty three point seven million people watched I Love Lucy this season, wow. which is a lot. But also, there wow. weren't a lot of options. <laughs> you didn't want to turn to the Dupont Network and no, see what was going God. on. <laughs> it was the number one show for the season, the top five shows. And I would love to know if you have any hot takes on any of these other shows. So number five was December Bride. 
Number four, oh what, did you ever have you ever watched the Simba Bride? I've seen a few episodes. It's 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 like the sitcoms we're talking about yeah. where you're like nothing's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the sixty four thousand dollar question was number four. Oh, okay. Uh, General Electric Theater was number three, which uh-huh. well, I assume was one of those like anthology like drama play thing kind of things. D- d- didn't Reagan host that? Didn't Ronald oh, Reagan? probably yeah. Or no, Death Valley days. Yeah. He did Death Valley. Maybe he did it because like. Hayden and Jess did a lot of those, and so that's where they knew Ronald Reagan from. Oh, um, interesting. And uh, number two was The Ed Sullivan Show, of course. And then number one was I Love Lucy. And it's great, so... Great programming. It's so just... I Love Lucy's just so light years ahead <laughs> of everything else. It really is. It's so... It really is. It's so crazy that they didn't... Well, I guess it speaks to how singular her talent was that, like, nowadays, like, Friends is a hit, and they're like, okay, here's the single guy, here's Union Square, here's Carolina City, we're just going to, like, really run into the ground. And they didn't do that with I Love Lucy. Like, I guess they just couldn't figure it out. I mean, you know, how do you replace her? (laughs) You can't. You know, how do you find someone as brilliant of a performer as she is and surrounded with such a brilliant ensemble? Yeah, that is the true key is how great all four of them are. And little I mean, Ricky, obviously. Oh, of course, Keith Thibodeau <laughs> is the glue that holds it all together. I mean, they do it a little bit later on with Carol Burnett, but it's a variety show. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, it, but it, you need that singular talent. You need that singular talent, and I don't think we had a lot of those. Hard. Uh, so this, this aired as part of the CBS Monday Night lineup. The other, So that lineup was The Adventures of Robin Hood, kicking off the night. Then the George Burns and Gracie Allen show, Arthur Godfrey's Talent Scouts, I Love Lucy, December Bride, and Studio One. So Arthur Godfrey was the, was the lead-in to... I Love Lucy. L- Lucy. Oh, my gosh. Huh. Yeah, Lucy was the uh, 9 p.m. show. So it was like the Mondays at nine. Yeah. And, you know, CBS Monday Night Lineup, an iconic under underappreciated. Uh, you know, we talk about the ABC Friday and NBC Thursday, but CBS owned Monday for a long time. Yeah, that's uh, a f- good for you, CBS. Yeah. Uh, now, the rating on IMDb, 413 randos rated this an 8.3 out of 10. Would you go higher, lower? Or do you think that's right on the money? Oh, is it compared to like other episodes of I Love Lucy? Yeah, because we, ju- yeah, we're Lucy experts. <laughs> I think we can, we can. Uh, oh, is this you an know, eight point three? If oh, this is so hard. I'm gonna give it a seven out of ten, only because it's using a lot of pre-existing mm-hmm. material. That's the only reason I would give it a seven out of ten. However, if you like looked at it in the grand scheme of television, <laughs> I would rate it. Even, I would rate it even higher because they're like we're doing a clip show. Yeah, With everybody then stole. So, oh my, this is very hard, Brett. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know what? To hell with it. What did they say? Eight point three. Eight point three. Great. That's I. I okay. I'll give him an eight point. Th- I'll give him an eight point five. <laughs> I I rate this a a five out of five every year in my um Twitter sitcom thread. So it's amazing it's, because it is like as a whole package to watch at Christmas. It is great because you're seeing like greatest moments of I Love Lucy. Some good Christmas stuff. No wonder CBS runs it every year. Um, yes, and then it's no, yeah. Wait, what I is? Your, oh, so I was going to ask, what is your what is your uh, number one I Love Lucy episode? What is the what is the ten out of ten? Oh my god! Oh, it's like it's a Sophie's choice over here. I, um, uh, you know, there's always the classics, you know, the candy and all that stuff. My favorite is the episode where the Ricardos buy the Mertz as a television set for their anniversary. And the television breaks. Yes. And they take 
they take the, the Mertzes and the Ricardos go to court. Yeah. And every everything has a brilliant payoff in that episode, which I really, really like. And I spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, the judge takes his television set out to see like what exactly went wrong with their television set, and his ends up blowing up yeah. <laughs> his face, which you don't see coming. But my favorite part of all this, and then I'll, I'll stop talking, is it's Lucy. Ricky's coaching Lucy on how to testify. And he says, when you get up, when you get up on the stand, cross your legs and show a little bit of leg, and maybe the judge will be, you know, sympathetic and attracted to you. <laughs> and so Lucy goes up, she testifies, she does it. Then it's Ethel's turn, and Ethel gets up there and she crosses her legs and she reveals her skirt a little bit to show off her, her leg. And Fred starts pulling the skirt down and goes, "What are you trying to do? Lose the case?" <laughs> it's just, it's, I don't know why it makes me laugh every time. And I. Vivian Vance was very attractive, so I feel bad that she always was on the like the, you know, the B. Yeah. Arthur of that. But it's such a funny episode. It's brilliantly constructed. I yeah, that one is so good. I really love yeah. listeners can go back and listen to the episode I did with Ramsey S. Uh, of uh, Ricky and Fred are TV fans, which I think is at the end of season one, which is just Lucy and Ethel get like they get like locked out of the apartment and are like just oh. trying to get back in, and it's yes. just this like madcap adventure where they like keep getting uh like accosted by the cops and like everyone thinks that they're trying to steal shit they go up to the roof to try and cut the power of the bill it is a yes full-on crazy episode it's they're watching boxing they're watching boxing and uh it's just it's really it's a really funny episode and it is really just like ahead of its time and just like these two women, like, just, like, out on their own, like, yeah. stirring up trouble. <laughs> it's so great. That is a that is a great episode. <laughs> and it's a great example of just, like, just your random episode of I Love Lucy delivers. It, it, I, it just delivers. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know of an episode of the of I Love Lucy that I would be like, oh, I don't want to see that one again. Honestly, yeah. I, th- I think every other sitcom, I think you can find an episode or a season where you're like, I don't need to watch that again. I haven't found one of those on Lucy yet. <laughs> yeah. And what is and I think it works because like the physical comedy, of course, always stands the test of time. But like the fact that the the dialogue and like the that the everything else around it that isn't talked about as much is just as good and is still funny. <laughs> It's it's that. And the other thing, I mean, I know they got divorced and I know Bill Frawley and Vivian Vance didn't like each other, but at least on camera, there's such a sense of love and warmth mm-hmm. that radiates out of the four of them. Yeah. Um, and that's I think there's more love between those two couples than a lot of other couples that you see on 50s and 60s television. <laughs> To be, yeah. to be honest with you. Yeah. I, I, you know, I just I really appreciate that about them. Yeah. Uh, who would you say had the must see performance in this episode? <laughs> Besides Keith Thibodeau. Besides um, Keith Thibodeau are, or uh, Santa Claus. <laughs> oh, because you're taking everything else into a, to a, to account, right? Because it's got all the other clips and stuff in there, too. Yeah. It's, um, you know, oh, boy, this is Lucy. It's Lucy. To me, Lucy has the must see performance. How about uh, you? I, I give it to Desi. Specifically for like the time has come having my baby like they really it's a those three two of those three Mm. clips are like really and it is interesting because they chose three episodes they all come really close together and they're all like leading up to the birth of little Ricky and this is season six it's it's interesting that they did clips only from like I think it's episodes 51 to 56 like it's really tight so it's an interesting choice. 
And you know what I forgot until I was doing some research on this, which is, you know, there weren't reruns at this time. Oh, no, yeah. Right? There, so if you didn't see the chocolate the first time around, yeah, you're not you ain't seen it. So I think the fact that they that these clips were picked particularly, I think says something about um what they were proudest of on that show. Yeah. Because I think they were about to sell the show internationally question mark mm. and i think they wanted to introduce viewers in one episode international viewers would never seen the show this is what we do yeah and i think that's why a lot of those clips were chosen <laughs> it's a mic drop it's like this is what we do buy it now <laughs> exactly yeah, and you're like, like obviously <laughs> here's my checkbook go ahead yeah. <laughs> uh um and lastly must other people see this episode of television Absolutely. Of course. Absolutely. And CBS uh, helps you do it. I'm assuming they're doing it again this year, unless 2020 is truly horrible. I would hope so. I Uh, hope you don't take that away from us. Because they always pair it with the colorized Dick Van Dyke show episodes, which I also just like. Uh, Dick Van Dyke show is my heart in a way. (laughs) I just love that show so much. It's it's brilliant. brilliant. Uh, Like they're just, I don't know. There are sometimes like when I'll watch an old show and I'll just be like, I could build my life around this. <laughs> it's just real. Like, I, I could, I could see a reality where like the Dick Van Dyke show is my number one. Or like when I rewatch like the odd couple, I'm like, this show is so fucking good. I could just, mm-hmm. this could be my entire life. Uh, why wasn't I born 40 years earlier? It's fine. It's fine. I know there's some, there are just some shows that brilliantly withstand the tests of time. Yeah. And, and, and we're the ones you've mentioned. Absolutely. Yeah. How lucky are we to love them and see them? Yeah, before, you know, the world ends. <laughs> if the last thing I saw was the I Love Lucy Christmas special, I can leave this earth Yeah, we're happy. good. Um, great. Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking about this. Where can people find all of your musings and projects oh on the Internet? Oh, my gosh. Uh, so I'm on Instagram and Twitter as Rob W. Schneider, or you can add me on Facebook at Robert W. Schneider. Um, and uh, I do two podcasts, which you can find on all your podcast platforms. One is called uh, Behind the Curtain, Broadway's Living Legends, where we interview people that have been in the business 30 plus years. Um, and we have some exciting guests coming up. We Ooh. have Victor, Victor Garber's coming up. Ah! Nathan Lane is coming up. Oh, my up. God. Um, so Charlene Woodard is coming up. It's, 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 it's fun. So come check us out. And then we also do gay card revoked where we talk about the gay totems in life that if you are a a member of the queer community, you must know. Otherwise we're going to take your gay card away. Oh yeah. I have so many, uh, holes in my knowledge. (laughs) No, please come on, Brett. We would love to have you on as a guest. I, yeah, it is such a, uh, it's a thing. It is such a thing of yeah. like, you have to know this stuff. And then, but I, I feel like I exist in this weird nether realm where like, when I watch uh, the drag queens do snatch game on yeah. drag race, I'm like, I know who little Edie is. I do not know who all of your <laughs> housewives are. I don't understand that. Uh, <clears throat> so that's why I, I don't understand. Let me ask you, uh, do you watch any con- current television shows? Oh, I yeah. don't. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, you yeah, do. Yeah, Good yeah, for yeah. you. What, well, it's also you... like my job. I have to do. Oh, of course. Sorry. If you're like, no, I'm like, I got you. Got him yeah. out of a job. Oh God, I just uh, got fired. <laughs> no. So I mean, what do you? I'm. What like? What is your favorite? What do you? Uh, I mean, like sitcom wise, like Superstore and Bob's Burgers are the two that oh, yeah. I adore. And of course, Superstore was just canceled. I know, but like I those know. are like the two that are just like so good. Um, I mean, my shows this year, Haunting of Blind Manor. I adored and i did not expect that because i didn't finish the first season of that uh, haunting anthology but that the gayness of it at the end and just like the romance and it was like i did not expect this from a haunting show and it just like blew my mind 
Um, I also, oh, The Mandalorian. I mean, I'm a Star Wars person, so like every, yeah. I mean, I'm going to be getting up at 5.30 tomorrow morning to watch that episode and cover it. That's Yay. my life. So, um, and then all the, just the bajillion drag everything. There's just so much. Yeah. There's so much. But like, I don't know, like Broadway, like I don't know any uh yeah like probably or like the like movies pre-1980 i'm also like it's like rough for me so i i feel like i have this weird hobbled together queer pop culture which i guess we all do we all do we all do i there's there's certain major deficits i have if it was if it came out after 2005 i probably have not seen it (laughs) if it is a top 40 song of the last 20 years i do not know it I live oh, in God, New York no. City. I do not understand how people keep up with top 40 music if you don't have access to a car and a radio. I still yes. not figure that out. When I lived in Tennessee, I knew all the bops. Now I know none of the bops. I'm, you know, I am trying because I teach a lot and a lot of my kids, you know, will be like, oh, I just <clears throat> listened to Chromatica. And I'm like, what the hell is a Chromatica? <laughs> so I just, I, 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 now I go on Apple Music once a day and I listen to a new album. Oh, to, that's smart. To, to, to keep myself up, <laughs> up to date with the kids. Yeah, I need to do that. Uh, so, yeah, this is the kind of stuff that you will get to hear on Gay Card yeah. Remote. And I'm so excited yes. about that because uh, I could just go on. But I love it. that does it for this episode of Must Have Seen TV. Thanks again to my guest, Robert W. Schneider, for dropping by and talking about I Love Lucy with me. Next time, I don't know what I'll be talking about because it's going to be 2021. And you know what? It's a whole new year. I'm going to try and be more diligent about getting uh, episodes out. But I'm um, still working on that book, so my life is full of distractions. Until then, I want to hear from all of you. Follow Must Have Seen TV on Twitter and Instagram. Let's talk about sitcoms. And again, I'll try to check those mentions more often. <laughs> I'm bad about all of this stuff. Uh, and you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Brett White. You can read the words that I write at Decider.com. Please rate and review Must Have Seen TV and Apple Podcasts. I really appreciate it when you do. Thanks, ACAST, for hosting the podcast. Thanks to all y'all for listening. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year. Let's 2021's gonna be our year, everybody. I'll see you next time on Must Have Seen TV. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.